Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 79 Ariana the Bardic Skeleton. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Katie Ruvalcaba's table in the Levitating Platter. everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of sidekicks and side quests the best unofficial dungeons and dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion i've got a wonderful returning guest again this week uh, but before i get to my guest an ad read from our first sponsor plus one exp tony vicinda is the mastermind behind his mastercraft of beard balms game design and community building He's got a beard bomb named after all of the basic stats from Dungeons and Dragons. So get a can, apply it to your face, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the independent RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony has collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nugula, and Brand Standing. If you support plus one exp either by buying something on their website or going to uh their itch page which is tony plus one dot itch dot io it all helps funnel into the plus one forward program which seeks to support additional independent tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff so i'd highly encourage you to follow tony and plus one on all the socials twitter facebook youtube and twitch in order to keep up with all the various projects that are being worked on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these other amazing indie TTRPGs. So if you don't mind, when you go to plus1exp.com, use my affiliate code in that little code box, Randolph, when you're buying a Beard Balm or Beard RPG, in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. Well, hello, returning mystery guest. How are you doing this fine, fine evening? I'm very mysterious is what I am. I feel like I should uh, do that thing that they do on like 2020 where they're trying to camouflage your voice and they all talk like this. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> We're off to a great start. I love this. So to remind everyone uh, in the levitating platter that is the podcast audience, would you mind uh, telling us who you are and what is it that you do? Uh, yeah, I'm Katie Ruvalcaba, uh, formerly, or I guess not formally, but informally on the internet known as Mrs. Ruby. I am a Twitch food and drink streamer and uh, frequent Twitter user. There you go. Yeah. 
I was going to say, I, I was trying to check our uh, calendar here of the last time we spoke, and I think it, it's been two years, which is which is crazy to think. Well, there was this whole, I don't know if you heard, um, this virus that oh. got, I don't, did anyone tell you about it? Yes. Yes, they oh, did. My, oh my gosh. It really just threw everything off. And um, I mean, since then, since, you know, with your stream and uh, with everything that you do, um, how has life been since then? Uh, it's been very good. I think since the last time I was here, I had, a, I created a whole other person. So now there's an additional human in my family. Her name is Mary. She's fantastic. You would love her. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty huge development. Yeah. Yeah. And, Likewise uh, for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you have a, you have a, another human running around your house as well. We do. Yes. He is. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty great. He's pretty awesome. Uh, well, as we're keeping things along, you know, this podcast is Dungeons and Dragons themed and keen listeners of this podcast will remember um, kind of in your final thoughts section of your first episode that you did with us. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should on uh, Mrs. Lily and the Spoon of Justice. Um, you talked about how, oh, I have some mom friends and they're in a mom's group and even they get to play some D&D and it's something that I haven't tried yet, but maybe it'd be something fun to try. Um, so in the two years, you know, since we've spoken, have you had that opportunity? Maybe not Dungeons and Dragons, but maybe there was another game that was like it that you tried. Uh, so I haven't gotten invited to any Dungeons and Dragons games. I tried to like put it out there to my friend Katie that, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to an invitation, but she didn't pick up what I was laying down, I guess. But mm. I did find um, there's a game that I don't know if you ever played it from like the mid 90s called Hero Quest. That which was is the game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the game you were talking about. They just uh, relaunched. Re released it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just found it at, uh, at GameStop recently. And, and so that's been a real development. I haven't gotten anybody to play with me yet, though. My kids think that uh, I'm very boring Aww. trying to ask them to play. I'm like, but it has little parts. And they're not interested. <laughs> really? They're not interested in playing a board game with mom? I don't, well, yeah, as apparently that's not cool anymore, but one of my kids oh, just started, uh, just started reading like all the Harry Potter books. I feel like that's gateway nerdism, right? Yeah. So eventually. Well, or Tolkien. I mean, you just plop down the Cimmerillion and go, all right, kid, time to do your homework. Yeah. I feel like at, at around 12 years old, they get real into the Cimmerillion usually. Isn't that right? <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the most hardcore of us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, keeping things rolling here, you know, the name of the show is Sidekicks and Side Quests. And I remember some of the characters you like to talk about previously, but since the last time we spoke, have you come across any other interesting side characters or sidekicks or non-player characters, but if they're like in a video game or something, anyone new that you've come across and, uh, you know, why are they interesting? Gosh, my... Um... My video game consumption in the last two years has been very community based. So there's not a whole lot in the way of, of side quest type characters. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. Father Paul Hedman always uh, plays Among Us with me and he's kind of a side character, but I don't know that that counts. <laughs> I don't know. Is there deeper lore to Among Us? I, we could make one up if you want. Oh, sure. So one of the, the random little doodads in Among Us, you'd say? Yes. <laughs> well, everyone is sus whenever you're playing uh, Among Us. It's kind of Indeed. the conceit of the game. Okay, so then probably the same thing you'd say as far as like a side quest or like a B plot or a minor plot, like in a book or a film or television show or anything like that. Hmm. 
I mean, that could also apply to the the previous question as well. So like, yeah, you know, being parents, you know, I'm sure we've probably watched a lot of some of the same stuff on on a service like Disney Plus, and probably can't stop talking about Bruno when Bruno, they yeah. tell you not to talk about Bruno. I don't yeah. know, is, is something like that maybe? You know, this is, I, I haven't talked to anybody about this, so I haven't really got to hash this this whole theory out really, but lately my little daughter that um, was just recently born, she's actually, she's 18 months now, but um, she's been watching a lot of Blue's Clues and I'm a purist. So she's been watching like original Steve Blue's Clues, not sure. whoever the new guy is, where they have email or some nonsense. And I've been I've been watching like the, those those older episodes and having to explain to my children how Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper had a baby that is paprika. Mm. That has become a real, just a puzzler of a side quest for the kids. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to explain the whole thing. And the periphery characters in Blue's Clues are really, yeah, I remember really them. something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember them from from my my days as a child. Yeah, yeah, Blue's mm-hmm. Clues. Yeah, did uh, do they speak with an accent? I for for some reason I feel like Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper like speak they, with accents. I feel like they were French, aren't they? But then Paprika's yeah. not at all. Right. Which is odd because I was going to think like if one of them was a little bit more exotic, it would be Paprika, but not so much. Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper. Yeah, totally strange. And then, you know, if you spend too much time with Dora the Explorer, um, those those side characters will really, really mess with your head. Swiper, no swiping. Yeah, uh, the backpack, man. What is going on there? Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> it's like an alternate dimension in there, like, really a, like a Mary Poppins bag situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan. All right. So probably some something along those lines as far as, um, you know, sidekicks or side quests and stuff like that is exploring some of those older shows and then just having to to impart that knowledge to your children to be like no no see there used to be things that you'd you'd get a pencil and you get a piece of paper you'd write a letter you'd stick it in an envelope slap a stamp on it and then stick it in a mailbox the mail carrier would bring it over uh you know to your neighbor and then they'd be able to read the letter that you wrote for them the overall speed of blues clues has really accelerated from the old 90s version to the newer one steve talks in like a very slow very methodical voice and they have the thinking chair and they like sit down and think and that's not really so much a thing with the new guy he's real fast talking it's stressful see you listen to this podcast for the the hard hitting journalism that we do uh with children's television shows when uh, compared to their earlier counterparts I suppose. you knew what you were getting into when you invited me here man <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> All right. Well, I guess since uh, we're breezing through these uh, questions here, have you picked up any new hobbies or passions uh, since the last time we talked? I know food and cooking and doing your Twitch program as well as your charity work has kind of been central to who you are. I don't know. Anything new that's come up where you were like, you know what, I'm just going to learn this thing and do it. Yeah, I actually, this year, um, it's not really a New Year's resolution because I came up with it, but, well, I didn't come up with it, but like it occurred to me in March or so, but like this year I've decided that um, I'm going to embrace that whole thing from uh, Adventure Time where he's like, you know, sucking at something is the first step at being kind of good at something. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to just suck at more things and just do more things that I'm terrible at and then just, you know, see if I like them. So I've, I've taken up, uh, I did, I started a, a sour which I know is just food thing, but it's, um, I've, I've started sourdough on hard mode, like trying to convert recipes for things that I love. Like I love Detroit pizza dough. And so I've been trying to convert that to a sourdough and I've, I've pretty successfully done it. Mm. Um, 
I started embroidering, which is really kind of a, a lost art amongst the ladies. Um, I started doing that recently. I started a cut flower garden, um, which is like flowers for, for vases and stuff. Like you're, you're trying to grow a flower that could be pretty enough to be brought indoors. But basically I'm just, uh, I'm just open to sucking at lots of different things right now. And I'm not even, I'm not even pretending like I hope to be good at it at this point. I just want to get a foot in the door pretty positive way to uh yeah explore and, and figure out new passions and stuff like that that's that's admirable i'd say yeah i think a lot of people are afraid of, of sucking at things like they're they don't want to like whenever i say that to somebody they're like oh no you don't suck i'm like no but i do i've never done it before though so it's i'm supposed to suck like it's okay mm-hmm. and i feel like you know let's normalize the suck for a little while <laughs> i'm sure someone's already uh snatched that phrase up and put it on uh yeah, put it on a t-shirt or something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. It was said by a, a cartoon character, so it has to have been. There we go. All right. Well, it has been awesome catching up with my guest, Katie, in the uh, personal interview section. But now I think it's time we head into a little bit of NPC creation. All right. NPC Creation is brought to you by you, the podcast audience, and especially our patrons from Patreon. Yes, that's right. Now is the time where we give a shout out to our comfortable level patrons, and uh, we give them a loud hurrah. So to you, Katie Downey, aka Goblin Katie, we say cheers. This is, uh, of course, uh, for patrons who donate at the $2 or more level. Katie is actually one of our highest tier wealthy level patrons that means four dollars a month um so because of that she's able to introduce an element of chance to our random tables here in npc creation which we might get to use here now so if you want to learn more about my patreon and you know join the cheapest podcast patreon community out there check the show notes below go to my website or just go on directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers, one, two, four dollars, and help us expand our operations at the Levitating Platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. Uh, so, Katie, Mrs. Ruvie, uh, before we began rolling, uh, you had said that you were wanting to randomly generate a character as opposed to coming in prepared with a character already thought of. Yep, too many babies running around to to do the pre-planning on this. So we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna improv the whole thing. Awesome. That's what we love to see on this podcast. So as I pull up my tables here, uh, the first question we ask ourselves is what is the character's name? If you can get a D20 and roll that, let me know what you get. Hold on. You get out of here. 15. 15. All right. Your answer was provided by previous guest, Elvia Garcia, Ariana. So A-R-I-A-N-N-A, Ariana. Got it. Next question here is, what is the ancestry of this character? This is where you get to roll two D10s for a D100 effect. All right, let's go. I mean, I've got a 10 and a 6. I don't know what I'm supposed to make of that. Uh, That sounds like it's a 16. Yeah, oh, okay, so I'm just adding them together? Got it. Yeah, unless you wanted to do the inverse, which would be 61. What do you think? 16 or 61? Uh, Let's go with 61 because I feel like 16 is too close to the 15 that I just got. Okay, so 61. Okay, this is a interesting choice. So zombie or skeleton for Ariana, if you want her to be more zombie skeleton. or more skeleton. Skeleton. Ooh. skeleton for sure. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, of course, uh, you know, if you're any fan of a, a, an old Harryhausen type, uh, Jason and the Argonauts, or just regular D&D, you know that skeletons are, uh, are easy enough foes to fight at low levels. And uh, I believe you could impart uh, magical, you know, if like necromancers can do stuff to like give them basic tasks. And uh, the next question we have to answer is what is the job or role in society for Ariana the skeleton? This will require a D10, just a singular D10. To All right. Nine. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, so Ariana's job is archaeologist. So Obvious. if- obviously. Uh, and then how old is the character? I guess this is more informing us of like how old the skeleton itself is. Um, but if you want to roll a D8, that'll at least tell us the relative age range of the uh, character. Four. Four. Adult. So we have an adult skeleton named Ariana that is an archaeologist. So now comes to the part where we get to describe the physical appearance of our skeleton. As I was alluding, skeletons are typically undead animated corpses they're similar to zombies but they're of course completely devoid of flesh and they don't feed on the living so that's good to know they could be made from virtually any solid creature that has a skeleton they're held together by necromantic energy which kept otherwise loose bones and joints together and conferred on the undead corpse a glimmer of vitality and rudimentary intellectual capabilities I guess the question I have here then for you, based on what we know thus far, is Ariana part of a crew of skeletons? Like, is she in the service of some sort of necromancer? And this necromancer is like having, you know, these skeleton laborers, you know, going through ruins and and finding and cataloging stuff. Or do you have a completely different theory in mind? Okay, so Ariana, and, and this shouldn't surprise you, is the reanimated corpse of Ariana Grande having found her life skull as a, an archeologist. Okay. But she became this reanimated skeleton because of her constant claims that God is a woman. So it is therefore a punishment um, that she be a reanimated corpse for the rest of her life. She's being a, she's, so she's under, she's under the, uh, the auspices, I guess, of a, of a necromancer who's quite vengeful, really. Um, so you know how skeletons sort of, uh, they have a little bit of the knowledge that they had in their previous life, but they're kind of dull. So you're going to picture her um, dressed as if she was be trying to perform, wearing way, way more like uh, shiny, sparkly, that kind of thing. But it's all like ridiculous. None of it matches. Um, and she's she just looks, she, she looks a mess really is what we're getting at. Okay. And yeah. And the necromancer that I guess is leading this archaeological effort has, I guess, has no preference for how the skeletons in his employ, his or her, their employ, Mm -hmm. how they look or anything like that. No, he's he's mocking her, basically. So he's forcing her to look like a um, great value version of her living self. Okay, so this previous adventurer, this previous bard um, has been resurrected by this necromancer. Um, and as a mock against this adventurer who, you know, may have gone up against this necromancer uh, in battle or something like that, now has the skeleton of said previous adventurer and is having them undergo all this uh, archaeological digging work. So very manual sort of like digging and chipping away at rock and moving mm-hmm. rubble and, and mm-hmm. gathering materials and stuff like that. Yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. 
Okay, so we know her appearance is uh, the skeleton is dressed very gaudily, probably still in their old outfit that they were wearing while they were alive and adventuring. Um, but other than that, are any other defining markings or you know anything to the appearance? Like I don't know. I I imagine maybe like some sort of marking from the necromancer that glows to emanate like ah you know I'm the one that controls your skeleton or something like that. Hmm. I guess I, did, I didn't think of that. He, she does have a, like a hat, a helm sort of situation going on that, that could be controlled by the necromancer that has a very long, uh, like a horse's tail out of the top of it. Um, the, so so that could be the uh, mark of the necromancer that's that's holding her. To the okay, situation. so the particular helm. The that's helm, on, yeah. On the yeah. head. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're learning more about our former adventurer, now turned uh, servitor. If you had to describe uh, Ariana, the skeleton, uh, with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you use? Hmm. Greedy, needy, and nasty. Now we get to go back to rolling some dice. And so the next thing we get to figure out is what's a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or some ideal or concept that uh, the skeleton clung to in their mortal life. If you want to roll a D4 to figure out the category, and then you'll roll regular six-sided dice for the particular thing from that category. So we've got a four for the category. Okay, so that would be an ideal or concept. And we are at one. Okay. So your answer was provided by previous guest, Will Murray, uh, a.k.a. the co-creator of Squirrel Girl. The ideal or concept that Ariana, the skeleton, ascribes to is job well done. So I guess just, and it would fit being a servitor of a necromancer, you know, because she is compelled um, to, do, you know, follow the commands of the one controlling her. Job well done. So she just seized to the task uh, to its fullest completion then, I suppose. Yes. And then let's see. Um, if you're inspired, you can totally kind of come up with a side quest that you think Ariana the Skeleton herself might be able to offer any adventurers that come across her. I don't know if that's necessarily the case or if it comes from the Necromancer or if, I don't know, if the hero characters are coming through and they like you know fight a bunch of skeletons and then they go through her remains is there going to be some item or something on her person that's going to trigger the side quest if you want to roll for it randomly you would pick a d12 and then maybe we can figure out how to incorporate that unless you have some sort of idea that you've thought of i mean i have an idea but i'm not sure if it like works with actual dungeons and dragons rules so you'll have to tell me if I've gone completely off the rails. Okay. Okay. So you may notice that many of Ariana's attributes as I've given them so far are the names of Ariana Grande songs. Okay. Uh, one of them is called Break Free. So her side quest could be that you need to defeat her necromancer and remove her helm, which you would get to keep okay. to control other people. Eh? And then she gets to like, you know, reanimate. I don't know. I feel like that would be a good one for her, but also may not be real. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, the Dungeons and Dragons is all about, uh, you know, the spirit of improv of yes and, you know, rather than saying no. Uh, you know, sometimes you do have to say no, but I kind of like this idea. We'd like Just... to break her free from somehow, if we can get her free from her necromancer's control, and then she can teach you some sweet dance moves, give okay. or take. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there are spells in Dungeons and dragons that do allow you to resurrect characters yeah. so 
if we're already purporting that this Ariana, the skeleton, is actually a very famous sort of legendary bard character, right. um, it could be that, you know, news is spread that, oh, hey, this necromancer has the skeleton of, you know, that famous bard, Ariana. And so if you go and defeat the necromancer, you'd have the ability then, you could then cast one of those higher level spells to bring her back. I know True Resurrection is like the biggest uh, level of it that you can cast. Okay, Resurrection is a seventh level necromancy spell. It's an hour. Okay, it takes you an hour to do it. You have to be able to touch um, the, the dead creature. Target a dead creature that has been dead for no more than a century that didn't die of old age and that isn't undead. Okay, so you would have to wait. You'd have to defeat the necromancer until Ariana is reduced to just her skeleton. And mm. has she been dead for less than 100 years? Oh, for sure. Okay, so then this spell would work. It would be quite an ordeal to go through this of like locating this legendary bard's skeleton, defeating the necromancer. And then once you've you know assembled her bones together and then cast this seventh level spell, which you know takes an hour and a considerable amount of investment, then Ariana comes back to, to life. Then right. is is what you're saying, and and then potentially she could be stuck with you. Oh, okay, you know, so she once, might once she's to... breathing. So then she becomes like a, a follower or a hireling, or you know she just kind of adventures with you for a while until you know bards being themselves be like, all right, I'm going to go solo and go have my own adventures. Well, right, and and to cast that you have to be a bard or a cleric, right? So right. having a backup bard that is Ariana Grande is is pretty impressive. That's true. You 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 definitely raise a a very good point. I don't know how that helps with your um like prestige points or I don't know what what kind of clout you can get from that, but I feel like it's good. So I think we've already kind of started discussing this, but um okay, so we have this side quest in mind of defeating the necromancer so that you can recover her bones and then cast the resurrection spell on her to bring her back to life because she's been dead for a hundred years or less. So what is going to be the reward? So it's the fact that she's willing to join your party because you've resurrected her. Right. And and she brings with her an awful lot of, of uh, respect and, you know, people like her and, and, you know, you have to be pretty cool to have, have gotten that situation. Yeah. It does take a considerable amount of time before you can get to that level of, of spell casting. So, okay. So everything, you know, once she's returned to life, then probably all the stuff that she knew about, um, you know, any other bits of lore and, and secrets and treasure and all that sort of stuff um, might be unlocked. So then she becomes uh, able to give you future quests and stuff like that if you decide to, like, kind of help her out. Because we have this whole mysterious backstory as far as, like, did she go solo trying to fight this necromancer? You know, was she part of an adventuring party and she just got cut down while the rest of her comrades ran away or something like that? You know, is she going to have you like go and confront all of them and stuff like that? That could be a great, a great side quest. That there would be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, we also have to consider what's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to the adventure. Since we've already formulated the idea that a tip has come in that, oh, hey, this legendary bard's skeleton is in service of this necromancer so it's then sort of the prompting of the players to be like you know for whatever reason you know oh it'd be really helpful to have that bard around someone else who's alive maybe a former uh, adventuring colleague of of said bard prompted you to this 
but what's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing to go hook the bait and stuff? What do you okay, think? So I, I think it's, I think it's important that the necromancer appear like Pete Davidson, largely because if you've ever seen Pete Davidson, he does look like what we imagined Beetlejuice would have looked like while living. So that's helpful from just from that perspective. But then, you know, you know, having that past with Ariana Grande explains why he would have why he would have had that situation going on. And then if you fail to pass the quest, if you don't succeed, as Pete Davidson is wont to do, he will steal a member of your party. Oh, okay. And so for his skeleton army. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously you're gonna get into a confrontation with the necromancer. So if you fail, one person, however many people. Whoever falls in battle is going to be resurrected by this necromancer to then join his undead army. He's getting resurrected on his team. And have we figured out exactly what this necromancer is leading an archaeological effort in? Is it something that's going to increase the necromancer's power or something like that? Or is there something from the necromancer's past or some fabled treasure, something from the gods, or what are you thinking they're all digging for anyway? Because obviously this confrontation is happening in some sort of archaeological dig site, I imagine. Yeah, there are seven rings buried within this, uh, like um, jewelry rings that are buried within this area that they're looking for. Okay, so seven different rings, and do do the rings confer power or anything like that? I mean, they must because he wants them, but I don't know exactly. I, I got I got nothing as far as what he wants them for. I don't know if you want to create them to be additional artifacts, but that's definitely what he's in the mood for. He's looking for. We'll leave it open-ended. So, you know, just the appeal of like, oh, there are seven rings in this site that he's looking for. What do they do? I don't know. That's up for your dungeon master to figure out whether they're just like, they're really important rings from an archaeological historical perspective because they conferred nobility on people. Or, oh, they literally are like rings of power. And so if you collect all seven, suddenly you can ascend to godhood or something like that. Yeah. Or they could just be more more valuable once you get the whole like set. Oh, yeah. that Yeah, that too. So Like McDonald's oh. Beanie Babies. And so then as far as the hook for this side quest and this whole adventure, for the party to be invested in wanting to find this bard, who exactly is giving the quest? Is this just like a random rumor that our heroes are hearing about? Or like we were maybe, you know, kind of spitballing before, is it a former uh, colleague of Ariana the bard that's like, oh, hey, I heard the necromancer we fought is in this area. They're digging for these seven rings. And I'm sure if you went there and defeated the necromancer, you'd be able to find our friend who died in our epic fight and struggle against the necromancer. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's pretty well known when she when she went into to the battle and then when she didn't, because you know, she was a famous bard herself. So mm-hmm. having suddenly gone missing, the, there's rumors about where she is and who's got her and what the, but it's all sort of not pinned down real well. And, and you're following a hunch, you're following a rumor that's out there um, that she might be with this necromancer who's in search of these seven rings. And, and, and so you might be hearing it through the grapevine just through like townspeople. She's going to give you some clout once you can, if you can get her on your team. Well, we certainly had a time there in uh, the NPC creation section, but we made it through. And now it's time to head into a random encounter. Okay, this final section of the show is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. 
They've been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're here in DFW, and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month. And it's always something new, so all the more incentive to shop often. I know at the time of this recording, you know, we're probably starting to gear up for ReaperCon, which happens in September 2022 here in the Denton, Texas area. So be sure to follow along with that, as well as, um, you know, Reaper Miniatures Bone 6 Tales from the Green Griffin should already be closed on Kickstarter. But I think it might allow you to go in there and make pledges if you want to jump on the bandwagon and get a whole heaping truckload of miniatures delivered to your door in uh, 2024 I think is when they would all be ready but um, it's, it's quite a deal um, as well as uh, if you want to play D&D and also help with relief efforts in Ukraine you'll want to check out this little nightingale kenku bird bard figurine that they have for sale for 10 bucks in their store whenever you purchase it seven dollars and fifty cents of it I believe goes towards UNICEF uh, to help with those relief efforts in Ukraine, which I used one of my gift cards that I got from Reaper uh, to buy. And then I recently checked again my inbox and I got another gift card from Reaper Miniatures. So again, thank you everyone for using that affiliate link that I have in the show notes below um, because you know it, it's really having an impact. It's tracking the traffic between sidekicks and sidequests and Reaper Miniatures. So the more that you keep clicking that link, uh, the more that our powers are going to combine. We're going to keep doing awesome stuff together. So go check that link out and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Okay, so we are here in the part of the show where we get to do a little riffing, a little vignette, a little role play. The question is, what kind of scene are we going to be doing? Uh, because, you know, as we read uh, from the Forgotten Realms wiki, have a little vestige. They have rudimentary intellectual capabilities, so I don't know how that will really affect her speaking, unless the scene you're wanting to do is maybe like an excerpt of Ariana the Bard when she's in confrontation with this necromancer before like, oh, the necromancer strikes her down and then raises her up. And then it's like her last memory or something like that before she just, you know, her skeleton arises and then just goes to start digging or whatever. So what I'm hearing is you do not want to do an entire vignette with me where I just go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if that's what you wanted to do, but it would be, it would be one of my characters just being like, oh, this random skeleton that's walking around. Eh. Well, it doesn't seem hostile. What should I do? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Should we be the skeleton or should, should we be the uh, the necromancer? Like, wouldn't that, I guess we could be the skeleton. Or, or if you wanted the, the necromancer with the skeleton. So, like, the necromancer is ordering the skeleton, you know, what to do and then it's kind of monologuing or something like that. And then it would just be you, like, you know, like you said, going or whatever. But. <laughs> Okay. I mean, we could do that. That would be fun. But then I feel like I'll, I'll get a little monologue So I, you got to get in there somehow. Okay. Okay. I okay, mean, I, okay. I got, uh, if you want me to be the sniveling assistant to the, the necromancer, if you're going to do both Ariana and the necromancer, I could be some sort of assistant that's giving you uh, an update report on how operations are going as far as digging is concerned. Okay. So we are in a, the back of a churchyard in a, in the graveyard area. And there are 
about five or six different skeletons, but clearly the Ariana skeleton is a skeleton of favor. She's got this, this helm on that's very obvious. It's, you know, got the big ponytail and the, and the jewels and things like that on it. And we see Pete the necromancer and he is clearly frustrated. I don't understand why all of these skeletons have not been able to uncover all seven rings, Igor. My, my lord, my lord, they, they dig, they dig, they do, they do what they can. You know, they, they do they, what they can. I have spent so much of my time trying to get a hold of Ariana to make her this skeleton that should have been able to work, work, work. And she has failed to deliver what I have asked for. Uh, my lord, but, 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 but please, I beg your patience, just, perhaps we need to search wider, maybe we need to search elsewhere, and Igor's looking around, I imagine it's probably, like, a foggy sort of night, you know, sparse lanterns around, you know, trying to not draw as much attention, uh, in this, in this churchyard, and I guess, uh, Pete the Necromancer is getting a little more agitated, so Igor's trying to do his best to kind of, like, calm him down so as to not draw attention to themselves and to jeopardize their operations um because is this a used church like is this an active church where people like in their normal day-to-day go to worship or is this no like no an abandoned no no, no. this is like an abandoned church abandoned church yeah we're okay. okay like we're in the middle of nowhere so nobody's gonna gonna well, bother Igor's still acting like you know that someone's just gonna come around the corner like because you know when you let your guard down that's when an adventure is gonna yeah. pop up so yeah he's looking and around like we my lord please i beg you your patience <laughs> Pete is, is, is unpredictable as heck. So Igor is right on the money here, right? So Pete goes on, we collected Ariana for our particular use because of the many secrets that she knows. She knows in her life where these rings were buried. We knew this when we brought her into our army and she has failed us. Ariana, come here. The skeleton will shamble over. <laughs> The other uh, skeletons are just kind of mindlessly just kind of like just swaying digging in place. stuff. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're just they're digging. Just, they're okay. digging. Yeah. And, and so she stops digging and she comes back over to Pete and, and, and he says, if I am not able to use you for your knowledge, what good are you to me? Uh, <laughs> my, my, my Lord, my Lord, of course you are a master of, of the necromantic arts and, I know how much it's vexed you to to cast that speak with dead spell. Um, it's just so unfortunate that that her her skeleton remains just as stubborn as she was in life and refuses, my lord, to give you the answers you seek. But perhaps you know, keeping her keeping her working or or just you know being persistent with it. Perhaps you know, maybe resting, maybe try again tomorrow with the with the speak with dead and spell and maybe perhaps you know her 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 job will let loose the answer you seek but i do know that the bones from what i've studied from you of course master that you know sometimes the bones are not forthcoming with the truth igor we are almost to the rings but almost is never enough we must focus every day to get these dug up ariana Go forward to the back of the churchyard. Find the rings. 
And so then I guess her skeleton with all the ambles off and the sparkly yeah, ambles off and uh, will we'll continue on uh, with her assigned task. Eeyore would tr- probably try and cheer Pete the Necromancer up. You know, he'll pull out a map and, you know, because of obviously this this churchyard, they've dug down into caverns and stuff beneath, you know, the crypts and the catacombs and all that stuff. And he'll be like, my lord, you can see what we've dug. And we have some very promising areas here. And, and, you know, and over there and, you know, of course, the five skeletons that we see here in this present scene aren't the only skeletons because there are skeletons dug up. Maybe he wants to, like, make him feel better by encouraging him to, you know, necromance some more skeletons. My Lord. Yes, of course. Yes. You know, some of these he'll point to some of the other skeletons that are clearly more distressed and more decayed than uh, than Ariana's skeleton. And he'll say, my Lord, you this this churchyard is rife with with uh, skeletons for you to use for your army. Trying to, like, uh, exude, you know, joy in what way his sniveling assistantship can. And he'll, like, try and, like, uh, unearth, like, a plot where, you know, oh, like, oh, look, uh, yes, these 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 burial plots are, are not that old. Yes, your your necromantic energies can reach down there and raise them, raise them up. Fresh, fresh labor for the shovels. Yes. Yes, yes. And then... And then our, our necromancer guy can just get to work. And then that way, when our hero stumbles upon him, he's got like a, he's, he's actively, you know, coming up with an army that you got to fight. That would be fun. Okay. So then begins the montage of adding more zombies, more skeletons to the digging efforts. And Igor and Pete, the necromancer, will retreat further down into the crypts and catacombs and the caverns below as they, uh, you know, continue their efforts in looking for some of the various rings indeed and scene (laughs) i think that was a good setup i mean especially since you leave you leave this one skeleton uh, up top at the surface especially if you just kind of run it as is and they have to go down further you know especially a skeleton as well preserved as as hers you know might kind of be interesting as you know unless they're tipped off to like oh, this is the skeleton of the legendary bard. Well, let's make sure we don't, we'll keep it in a safe place. So that way, you know, we can, we can do the thing. So that way, if they try and, you know, maybe then and there, they're like, okay, let's resurrect her now. Oh, we can't because. Because you got to get the, the guy there. Yeah, because yeah. the necromantic tie is still there with the, mm. with the necromancer. And so now, okay, now we have to go down in the catacombs and the caverns and then go fight him and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Very nice. We, Good see, job. we we tied it with a bow here at the end so and done so as we're here in the final thoughts section of the show what do you think i know it's you know uh, obviously it's been a couple of years since you've had to kind of dust these cobwebs off but uh but how'd you think you did how did you have a good time um i had a great time i have weaved no less than 10 ariana grande song titles into this podcast so i'm That'll really be fun excited for me to figure out whenever i do the show notes <laughs> for this show i'll be like okay was that a song title or... i would like to see like your your listeners try to find them all those would okay. be very impressive i had a list in front of me i was working from <laughs> oh okay wow okay so this is this is some next level homework then that kurt as the podcast editor and show notes writer may not catch. So it's up to you, the podcast listener, to make sure you, you know, tweet me or say something on Reddit or whatever to be like, oh, hey, you missed a song title here. And I'm sure the Ariana Grande fans will be quick to let me know. (laughs) 
yeah so um yeah so no final thoughts yeah how, how do you think you did you know what, what, what was it like being back on the show I think it was a great time I think you know I always have a good time although I feel bad for you that I'm a terrible actor so uh, <laughs> no you do you did great I, I think I changed it. my guy's accent halfway <laughs> I don't even know it's fine it's, if I'm if I'm if I'm anything I'm it's bad at accents and it just seems to be like a, a reoccurring theme when I when I do the incredible sidekicks and and side quest podcast that I just butcher an accent. <laughs> yeah, I remember last time when you were trying to piece together a uh, an accent, Mrs. Lily, and then you were like, "Oh, she sounds rather posh." I don't think she actually would, but and I was just like, "Roll with it," and you were like. Okay, Mrs. Okay. Lily just speaks very poshly, I guess, for being a very farmer's fancy. wife. Very fancy farmer. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, of course, you know, I always like to leave uh, the ending for my guests. So if there's anything that you want to promote or share or plug or, you know, let us know where we can find you and what you're doing and all the awesome things that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you can find me as my boring old self over at twitch.tv slash Mrs. Ruby. Um, but the most exciting and interesting thing that our community does is the Good Egg Fund, which you can find at goodeggfund.org. Um, that's F-U-N-D, not F-U-N. Um, but <laughs> it is a... Uh, it is our community nonprofit where we give people small grants, less than $500 in order to make the world better in their community. So if, for example, you happen to know a single mom who's having a hard time getting groceries and you want to be able to take her to the grocery store and buy them for her, just like be that light in the world to her, but you know, you don't have a ton of cash either. You can go to goodeggfund.org. You can request a grant for that purpose. And you never have to tell the person that you're helping that it's not your money. You never have to do any of that. We just want you to be, you know, the hands and feet in the world that are, that is doing the good. That's letting somebody know that they're loved and that they're suffering matters to you, that kind of thing. Um, so if you have an idea of something you'd like to, to do to make the world better, check out goodeggfund.org and submit an idea. But if you don't have anything, you just want to support other people who do have those kinds of ideas, you can also go over there and donate. It's a registered 501c3, so all of your donations are tax deductible. There we go. And then, of course, if we want to, you know, so you, 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 plug, you made sure to plug the Twitch. So, of course, you know, fantastic cooking shows going on a couple times a week where you're making delicious food. Uh, and we're all hanging out in your kitchen and stuff like that. But if we want to, you know, follow you on, on the social medias, are there any of those that we should be uh, keyed into as well? Uh, yeah, I tweet at Mrs. Ruby, M-R-S-R-U-V-I. Uh, I also have an Instagram with the same name. I'm real bad about updating it though. So, and then good egg fund also has socials, doesn't it? Yes, the Good Egg Fund, um, even worse on Instagram with the Good Egg Fund, but uh, the Good Egg Fund uh, Twitter is just at Good Egg Fund. Uh, definitely follow that. And if you see, uh, go back through, you can see some videos from some of our previous um, uh, projects. We ask anybody who submits a project if they'd be willing to do a video so that we can share it on socials and people can know what people have gotten into. I would say maybe like one out of four people is willing to do it because they're all camera shy, but um, you can see some of the cool things that we've done in the past. Uh, we had a guy you know, uh, start making pancakes for the homeless community on the weekend. So we bought him a flat top grill and he went out and made pancakes every weekend. It was great. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Amazing. It's always wonderful to have you back on your brand of chaos here on the podcast, which always makes it fun for me in in good way, in a good way. So yeah. <laughs> Borkert's like, I have to figure out how to make this reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? You got the new version of HeroQuest. I'm sure once you convince the kids to play with you, then maybe it won't be too long 
before they're wanting to play some Dungeons and Dragons and maybe they'll get to meet Mrs. Lily or they'll get to meet Ariana, the bardic skeleton. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Oh! Sidekicks and Sidequests.